Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Pastor Carlos is a dear friend of mine. He's uh, my pastor, and those of you who don't know, I served, I think, 15 years, I think, in the Orlando House of Prayer. We started in the year 2000 as Living Waters Church, and then uh, it converted to Orlando House of Prayer. Let me tell you, many of the things that I do now is because of the things I've learned. My prayer life, the reason we have a prayer room, PC, right there, we're, we're in, a, in a church, you could use that big space for a classroom, is because of the culture that you just can't go back. You just can't go back to do it. So I lead prayer every Tuesday. He's a man of yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a man of God, and, and I feel this. I, um, we're going to pray for him, but I, I, you didn't know that I was going to do this. But like while I was praying the other day uh, for you, I felt the Lord say to you, to me, to you, that you've been known for end times um, and 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 uh, teachings, and um, end time teaching and prayer. Like that's what you're known for. But I heard the Lord say, like, there's a third wave of influence that you're going to be known for that is digging back to your roots of miracles, like great miracles, signs and wonders. Like, I, I saw my, a, a flash of just the Holy Spirit in your meetings. Like, as you are intentional on that, I just wanted to release that to you. So let's, let's just stretch our hands. Amen. Let's stretch our hands to Pastor Carlos. I, I gave him the freedom. And uh, so, Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for my friend. Uh, who came through for me, Lord God, again, uh, while I've been um, hurt. So I ask that you would anoint him. I ask that you bless him. I ask that you uh, cause him to speak with fire. And that, Lord God, that he will be led not by his agenda, but by the Holy Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you, George. Hallelujah. Just give the Lord a shout of praise if you can. Thanksgiving. God is good. Amen. That's, uh, as a matter of fact, that word you just gave, George, is... Uh, uh, confirms the word that was given to me by the late Kim Clement before he passed away. Uh, George and I, we served together at the Orlando House, at the, uh, well not, yes, OHOP, but we also served together primarily at the Orlando Christian Center. I get sometimes get mixed up between Orlando House of Prayer and then Orlando Christian Center with Pastor Benny Hinn. We were on staff there, and so we've been exposed to the miraculous, and I know that George as well believes in the supernatural ministry, but I remember back in February of 2005, which was three months before the encounter that I had with the Lord. As a matter of fact, let me, a little survey here. How many of you were part of either Living Waters Church or Orlando House of Prayer? Raise your hand real high. I want you all to st stand up for a second, every, every one of you, all right? Uh, so you can see about maybe 40%, maybe half, half of you guys were part of o OHOP or Living Waters Church. You can sit down. And so I, I gave that little kind of visual survey to sh because this house, this people, has the same DNA that George and I have been exposed. And so, you know, I believe that that word you just gave is also for this house as well. You're going to see the miraculous and the supernatural. You want to know why? Because the world needs it. We're living in an hour that there is so much hopelessness. And so much fear. Who would have thought that in America we would be seeing things that we're beginning to see right now? Who would have thought that in our own nation we would be experiencing some of the controls or some of the fears and some of, the, some of our rights that seem to be in question around? Never, it, never in my 
in, in my mind or understanding until I began to understand eschatology and God's plan for the last days. Could I imagine living in a day that I'm living in today? And so we have to, as believers, primarily pursuing the, the presence of the Lord, we have to come to a higher place or a deeper place in the Lord, if not just for our sake, for our children's sake. Should the Lord tarry 20, 30, 40, 50 years? I personally believe that Jesus is going to come in my lifetime. I believe that. I believe that I will see the coming of the Lord. But should the Lord tarry, what kind of spiritual baton are we going to give to our children? What kind of faith are we going to pass down to our children? If they see a complacent, comfortable Christian lifestyle, like you were talking about earlier, then that's what they're going to emulate. This morning, you know, right now, on my, um, I'm at the beach for a week. We checked in last night. And so um, I'm with my son, and Emily will join us sometime later, either t uh, tonight or tomorrow. But I woke up, you know, I like to get up early like I normally do. And, but my son beat me to it, Jordan. And normally he likes to sleep in, you know, because he, he just got through COVID, or I should say the, he just got through the China virus. And, uh, and I, don't say, I don't say that derogatory. I don't. But I don't want to call it COVID because it comes from the word crown. I'm not going to crown this disease that came out of China. I'm not going to honor or glorify it. But anyway, so my son just came out of this virus, and he was in CCU, critical care unit, for over a week, for about a week. And, you know, he's been on all these medications, and so it's kind of taken a toll on his, on his energy levels. And so he got up early this morning, and just to see my son, early this morning out in the balcony with his Bible out, reading the Word, and then, and then for him to say to me, Dad, some of the things that you taught on eschatology in the last days and the urgency of the hour, I thought for, for a season, I thought, man, my dad's nuts. My dad's crazy to think all this stuff. We're not going to see an, a, a lot of this stuff. He goes, Dad, but I'm beginning to see, I'm going to start seeing this. And I can't live a certain lifestyle that I thought that I could live. And I think that we want our children to respond that way. I want my kids to go deeper in the Lord and higher in the Lord. My son, my other son called you. He texted you, right? He hardly ever texted you. He lives in Wisconsin up in the Green Bay Packer land. Well, God bless him anyway. <laughs> He's going to experience Green Bay for the very first time this winter. He just moved there about two months ago. But he texted, why don't you come up and tell them what, what he said to you? You know, I, I love land. I love, I, I think I, I pastored all your kids. I think you did. I did, especially Jordan and all them. Well, Landon, he's, uh, for those of you know Landon, he's just a soft-spoken, you know, uh, young, yeah, very tender. But, you know, you know, out of all the brothers and sisters, you know, I, I keep in touch here now, but I never hear from him. Landon texted me. I don't know how old Landon is. 25, very tender, and he goes, Pastor George, how are you? This is Landon. I'm gripped by the persecution that's going on in Afghanistan. Would you mind praying, and this is what I left out, and telling your church to fast and call a fast for the church of Afghanistan? Can you pray this Sunday? So the prayer that you saw this Sunday is because I was moved by Landon, who's a 25-year-old and has a passion and burden for the persecuted church. Amen. We want our kids to respond that way. We want our kids to go higher and deeper. But that's going to depend upon our response to the pressure 
that we're beginning to feel as a nation right now, beloved. I'm going to be honest with you. When Pastor George called me the other day and he says, hey, if you don't mind, you know, would you please come and share a message? And I'll be honest with you. I, sh I mean, I had no problem saying yes right away. He's my friend. I mean, he gave his life 15, 16 years to serve my kids and many of your children. And, you know, many of the leaders that are here today, he raised up underneath the ministry there under the house of prayer. Of course I'm going to come. He's in my backyard. But I, I had struggled on what to speak on, what to share. Because I know, I know some of the things that you guys have been going through lately as a result of the trial. Because what you're going through, George, I want you to understand this. And I know you know this. What you're going through is a trial. It is not a judgment. It is a trial. And the Lord says, because it's a trial, I am giving you and I am offering you a cup. A cup that, that introduces my suffering, but my suffering will also introduce a greater measure of my glory. And so the Lord says to you, and come on, stretch your hands towards him. So the Lord would say to you, my son, yes, this has been a trial. A trial that only Satan could do unless I had given him an opportunity and permission to do so. But the Lord says, my trials always have a redemptive purpose. And the Spirit of God says to you, my son, that redemptive purpose is a greater measure of my glory. It's a greater measure of my presence. And you will see, says the Spirit of God, that your heart's cry has been answered. Your desire has been answered. I've heard your cry, my son. I have heard your cry. Do not let the enemy make you think that I have passed you by. For the spirit of the Lord your God, the spirit of your, the, 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 your redeemer, your savior. Oh, even the Lord says, even your presence. Yes, I am your presence. The Lord says, I know every longing of your heart. I know every tear. I know every cry. I've heard every whisper, says God. And even when you thought I did not hear, even when you thought I was quiet and I was silent, even when you thought I, my, I had a deaf ear, the Spirit of God says, I saw, I heard. And the Lord says, I embraced. And I invited you. And the Lord says, this has been a test. The enemy has tested you. But the Spirit of God says, I see you coming through the fire. I see you coming through the fire. I see you coming through the fire, says the Spirit of God. And the Lord says, I am cloaking you, and I am covering you, and I am clothing you with a mantle, a mantle of my presence, a mantle of my greater measure of my glory. The Lord says, peace to you, my son. I release peace to your soul. I release peace to your mind. I release peace to make so that you would know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I heard and I am aware, says the Spirit of God, and the peace that I put through you and the peace that I release through you, the Spirit of God says, it will flow through others. There are many, says God. There are many that will come hopeless. There are many that will come broken. There are many that will come hurting. There are many that will come confused. And there are many that will come full of fear, not knowing what to do. And then the Spirit of God says, because you've been through it, because you did not rebel, because you did not get offended, because you did not turn from my spirit because you did not turn but you turned your face towards me so the spirit of God says you will have an unction and you will have an answer in that moment says the Lord for the spirit of God says I am your healer and you will see my healing flow through your body you will see my healing manifest and you will see that which the enemy has meant for evil I have turned around for my good and the spirit of God says even as I said to my servant Job 
His latter days were greater. His latter days were much blessed. His latter days were filled with more greatness and prosperity. And the Spirit of God says, it will flow from you into your children. Because this, my son, your sons, your sons have watched. Your wife has seen. They've seen you, how you responded. And the Lord says, it will influence them. This will have massive results. This will produce much fruit in their hearts. Your sons will grow. And they will not fall. Your sons will grow. And they will not turn from me. Because the faith that they've seen in you. And the Spirit of God says, even your house, even this house, they've seen, they've heard. And much increase will come as a result of the way you have responded to this testing, says the Spirit of God. Someone say hallelujah and amen to the Lord. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Enrique, can you help me bring this down here? Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Beloved, I just want to say, if, all I, if I just came for just Pastor George, that's why I came. Amen? If I just came for my brother, and like the Bible says, when, when somebody weeps, we all weep. We all weep. And how you responded to your pastor is how the Lord wants us to respond in the coming days. Now, I struggled to know what to say today because I knew that he needed some encouragement. And I was tempted to, I was tempted to form today's message only for him. Now, the Lord got that out of the way just now. But I'm here to say that he has only been a sign of what is to come to in the days to come. And what I mean by that is this. There are trials coming down the road. And I'm not just saying trials. There are massive trials that are about to come down the road. There are massive tribulations about to come. Things that we have never dreamed that we would see as a people. And if we are not geared correctly, and if we're not, if our minds and our souls, if our emotions are not aligned correctly, beloved, there are couple of major responses that I'm going to go over here today that we're going to be tempted to go through. And if we're not careful, we will fall prey to some of these responses. Now let's look at what Scripture says. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah in chapter 60. Enrique is going to help me here this morning. Isaiah in chapter 60. Isaiah, can you go to, I mean, uh, Enrique, go to Matthew chapter 4 and 21, if you will, for a moment. Matthew 24 and verse 21. But Isaiah chapter 60 says this. And I know that we, we quote this scripture many, many times. We, we quote it, you know, when uh, we're believing for God's power and glory to manifest in our lives or our ministries. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. I love this verse. Arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Arise and shine. Your light has come. For the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. But we have to read the context in which this scripture was written. Isaiah, who prophesied about 2,700 years ago, was prophesying not, so many, not some very nice things that were going to come to the nation of Israel. And those things took place when the Assyrians came and eventually took Israel into captivity and Judah about 150 years later. But Isaiah was prophesying some very difficult times. 
things that the nation of Israel, the northern ten tribes, were about to go through. And in the midst of the dark prophecies that he was releasing about what was yet to come, he would encourage the people to remind them, but there's a day and an hour coming when you will once again arise and you will shine because your light will come. Now, we can say that now for America because we see what's coming on the horizon. Something happened last year, in the spring of last year, or in China at the end of 2019, going into 2020. But something happened at the beginning of the year of, of, of the year last year. We crossed a line that we'll never go back to as a nation. The way we, we were used to living, the way that we were used to living as Americans, the freest nation on the face of the earth, the most comfortable nation on the face of the earth. Whether you like to hear this or not, I don't like to say this, but we're never going to go back to that kind of lifestyle. We're never going to go back to that kind of living, especially if you live in certain states. Because in certain states, it's even more difficult than it is. Thank God for our governor. Hallelujah. Thank God for Governor DeSantis. And I just heard the other day that supposedly he said that he's not going to run for president in 2020, whenever it is. 24 because he feels like he's still, he's, or 2022, whenever it is, that because he feels like he's still, he is to remain governor or president of this state. Thank God. You need to be praying for our governor on a regular basis. But I believe that Florida, which is a foreigner state of all 50 states, Florida was the first state to be discovered. Of all the states, this was a state that was where the Europeans first landed on the U.S. continent was by St. Augustine, the first state to be discovered. And I really believe that Florida has a redemptive value for our nation. I believe that out of Florida, Florida's shaped like a gun. Did you ever notice that? Florida's shaped like a gun. Did you ever know, notice where the trigger is at? Right here in central Florida. And I believe that Florida is going to have some power to release hope and expectation to the nation as well. Every state has a redemptive purpose. But, every, but this state has a redemptive purpose. I remember the first time that Mike Bickle, one of the very first times that Mike came down to, and some of you have been to some of the events that we put together, and we, we invite Mike at the beginning of every year, January, he comes down. He'll be coming down as well. This, this year, he's coming the first week in February, or this coming year. But I'll never forget in one of those gatherings or meetings, he said, the state of Florida is leading the nation in intercession. How many remember that when he, him saying that? Anybody remember that? Okay. I remember sitting there stunned, thinking, how could you say that? How could you say that about Florida? You know, we, how could you say that here at the Orlando House of Prayer? We're so small. We're so weak. We're just getting started. How could you even say that about the state of Florida or the conditions of the houses of prayer? Because, you know, at one point, I don't know exactly how many, how many they are now, but there was over 50 houses of prayer all across the state of Florida. In just about every major city in Florida, there was a house of prayer. People that are com primarily committing to day and night prayer, day and night fasting, day and night intercession. And when he made that comment, he says, I don't say this lightly, but Florida is helping to lead the nation in the area of intercession. 
And I believe that's one of the redemptive purposes that Florida has for our nation. I believe that many of you that were, were exposed to that prayer shakeup that we all experienced because what you walked through, I walked through with you guys. And, you know, I remember spilling my guts out to you in Hawaii. I wanted to quit. I wanted to give up because I didn't understand the shaking that I was experiencing. So you went through your testing. I've been through my testing. You know, some of the, the testing I went through with my heart for seven years. We all go through times of testings. But in those times of testings, there has to be community. There has to be a people that are going to rally together to assist and strengthen one another. If we've ever needed community, ever, if you, if I ever needed community, if this nation, if the body of Christ in North America has ever needed community, it's now. It's now. Because it's only going to get greater. So when the prophet says, arise, how many of you want to arise? Amen. And shine, for thy light has come. How many of you want to arise? Listen, it's one thing to arise and have no light to shine. It's another thing to arise and have the glory of God touch your life. I want to arise, but I want to arise with somebody burning inside of me. I don't want to be a, a, a clanging symbol. John the Baptist was known as a bright, burning, shining lamp. That's what, John, that's what Jesus, can you imagine Jesus saying that about your life? Oh, John, my cousin John, he's a bright, burning Shining lamp. You can't shine unless you have sufficient oil. I'm going to say that again. You cannot shine. You cannot, listen, it's one thing to shine a little bit. It's another thing to shine brightly. You can't shine brightly unless you have good quality oil inside of you. How do we get that oil? How do we get that oil, beloved? Pressure. 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 That's how you get oil, beloved. Get ready because God's about to put you and me through the olive press. The olive press is a place of your appointment in order to see what's inside of you. You know what the word Mount of Olives means? It means the Mount of Olive Press. Where did Jesus, where did Jesus say to his disciples, could you tarry with me for one hour? Where was it? Where did Jesus say to his three disciples, James, John, and Peter, I need you right now. Can you come and step aside? Stop what you're doing. I know you're just, we just had a wonderful meal. I need you right now. They had no idea what was about to take place. He takes Peter, James, his John, his three closest associates, and he says, I need you. Could you please tarry with me for one hour? That was at the place of the olive press. If Jesus needed community in the time of trial, how much more do you and I need community? He goes to pray, and he's going through it. And just like the Lord has given you a cup, that's what the Lord did to Jesus. He's given drink this cup. If it's possible, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will. That's what the Lord has done with you, George. He's given you a cup. You could have denied it. You could have said, I don't want this cup. 
I'm not going to take, I'm not going to drink this cup. You didn't want it, but you what? You drank it. Because if you would have, if you, if you would have turned it down, you would have said, forget this, Lord. You would have got bitter. You would have got angry. You would have turned away from the Lord. You would have been offended. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that we're not going to feel those sentiments. That doesn't mean that you're not going to feel disappointed. Why, God? What's up? Right? How many of you saw the movie with John, uh, uh, De Niro? What's his last first name? The actor. Robert De Niro, the apostle. Anyone see that movie, The Apostle with Robert De Niro? I forgot what his name was. Johnny, I believe, in the movie. And he goes to God, what's up, God? It's me, Johnny, talking. Why are you dealing this way with me, Lord? It's Johnny talking here. And he got in God's face. God understands that. And he would rather have you get in his face than not to get in his face at all. Arise. Shine. Your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And then he says in verse 2, For behold, darkness shall cover the earth. But gross darkness or deep darkness shall cover the Lord will arise on you. Notice this. The Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be upon you. It's one thing for the Lord to arise upon you. It's another thing for the glory of God to be seen upon you. Beloved, you and I are going to determine whether we're going to see God rise upon us and his glory be seen through us. But it's going to be in the context of great darkness. It's not just darkness on the nations. It's deep darkness on the people. And we have, some, we have people all around us in our nation that they are bent toward darkness. I don't understand it. But they actually take pleasure in causing suffering. Think about that. The, the, the Bible tells us that there are men, they... they Go to sleep at night before they put their heads on the pillow, thinking, dreaming of how, what they can do next, even more evil than they did the night before. I don't understand that mentality. I don't understand that way of thinking. But the Bible is very clear. It's not just darkness on the nations. It's deep darkness on the peoples. That's deep darkness. In the different spheres of society, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories, but you know what I'm talking about. We're seeing it in our nation. How could they do this? How could they allow this in the medical field? How could the military do this? I'm a military personnel. You're a military person. How many, of you, how many mili veterans we have here today? I'm, I guarantee you, you sat there watching the news. How could you pull out and leave $80 billion of a military hardware there? Makes no sense. There is no excuse for that. Unless there's a dark agenda. Beloved, we're beginning to see what's happening so that we can be aware of what's coming. What is coming, beloved? The question is, how and are you and I going to respond to the greater darkness? What we're seeing right now is what Jeremiah said. Jeremiah said this, if you can't handle the foot soldiers, how will you ha handle the chariots and the horsemen? If you can't handle the foot soldiers, 
How are we going to handle when the chariots and the horsemen come against you? Enrique, what does Matthew chapter 24 say to us? Verse 21. These are the words of Jesus. Jesus says this. Then there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. There's an hour coming that darkness is increasing. Now, I don't know what you believe about your eschatology. I know at OHOP, those of you that were part of OHOP, you know, I believe I did my best to teach and to equip people and prepare people, not for a escape. I did not teach an eschatology. You guys know, you guys were there. I did not teach an eschatologist that says, hey, don't worry about chill out. That's like, we don't have to worry about that stuff. Enjoy your American dream life. I never taught that. And if I'm wrong, and there is a great escape, praise the Lord, I'm all for that. I'd rather have that. But I'm getting ready for suffering. I'm getting ready for tribulation. Because my studies of eschatology the last 16 years has brought me to the conclusion, wait a second, this is not what I am hearing from other end time teachers. That it's all hunky-dory that we don't have to worry about. You tell that to our brothers and sisters in Iran. Tell that to our brothers in China and Iran. When the church had to leave China in the early 1900s because of the massive armies of China that were coming against the free peoples of China. And they were coming against the church. Do you know who left? The Western missionaries booked out of town. And then all of a sudden when the door opened up again, when the Communist Party began to at least, hey, we are friendly. It's not, we're not all that bad. And they got, began to allow missionaries to come in as long as they, they weren't too radical. Those missionaries at first were not welcomed. Because the Chinese church says, you lied to us. You told us that we would be whisked away. You told us there will be no persecution. We've lost our families. We've lost our belongings. We've lost our, fa our children. We've, we've been crucified. We've been burned at the stake. We've been slaughtered. We've been buried alive. You told us a lie. You told us a gospel that said there is no suffering because before that day happens, we get whisked away. Tell that to our brothers in North Korea. Tell that to the brothers. You tell those people right now in Afghanistan. Hey, don't worry about it. Are we extra special in America that we're going to be excluded from that? You guys know. I've taught an eschatology to prepare us. And my prayer is, Lord, if that day happens, if I'm here on the earth, I want to be faithful. If it means I lose my house, if it means I lose my belongings, if it means that I have to pack up and go camp in the Ocala National Forest until you say, okay, now. You guys know that the eschatology that I've taught is prepare. Get ready. And I'm not just getting ready for suffering. I'm getting ready for great glory at the same time. <laughs> I'm getting ready for a great anointing of the Holy Spirit. Arise. Shine. Your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen among you. Yes, darkness will cover the earth. 
grows darkness to people, but upon you. Upon you, it says. <laughs> upon you. His glory will be upon you and seen in you. Come on, tell your neighbor, get ready for a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Great, get ready. Go with me to the book of Haggai in chapter 2 for a moment. Haggai. Haggai chapter 2. Creo que en español se dice, Egai? Ahel. Ahel. I have my Spanglish ways of saying Bible words. I said, hey guy, there is no hey guy. There is Ahel. <laughs> hey, but you know, every day I read Spanish. Every day. And, and my Spanish has massively improved, right? Right? Because big time because I just read every day in Spanish. Because I'm getting ready. Lord, for the Lord to open up those doors to Latin America like he prophesied through uh, the late Paul Kane and others. I'm getting ready for that. I remember the first, the very first time I met Mike Bickle. I'll never forget. You were there. <clears throat> I was, you know, it was a massive conference. And I had a dream in November the year before. I think that, what year that was, maybe 90s. See, my encounter was uh, 2005. So this is like maybe 2007. When was the first time you went to Casey? 2007, okay, so in 2008 I had a dream, and in the dream I saw myself in this massive audience, which about 3,000 people there, and in the dream I saw Mike Bickle do this. He had his microphone, and he finished teaching, and then he pointed like this. He says, Carlos Sarmiento, come here. He, I never met him. And so I was stunned, and so I go up to the front. He goes, I heard you had an encounter with the Lord. I said, yes. He goes, Lenny LaGuardia told me, come with me. I want to meet with you in the back. And that was my dream. I had a dream that he did exactly that. He said, that, Carlos Sarmiento. I come up, and I'm, he goes, I heard you had a dream. I go, yes. He goes, come with me. And I remember in the dream, he took me behind the stage, and there was a narrow passageway, a very narrow passageway. And in the dream, there was a couch. And so I remember we sat on a couch, and then he says, Tell me your encounter. So February 2007, I'm at this massive conference. And just like in the dream, he says, Carlos Sarmiento, come up here. I go to the front, he, and I go, yeah? He goes, I heard you had, an, you had an encounter with the Lord. I said, yes. He goes, Lenny LaGuardia told me. I said, okay. And he goes, and then he goes, come with me. I want, you to, I want you to tell me your encounter. So I'm not even thinking anything. So I go behind the stage with him, and then we sit in the couch. And, I, he go, and, he, and as, as I'm telling my encounter, I go, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. He goes, what? He goes, I had a dream just four months ago, this exact same thing. He goes, well, this is the Lord. So I tell him my dream, and then after I tell him my dream, he stands up. He says, the Lord says, Latin America is going to open up for you. And this encounter that you've had with the Lord, this message of urgency for the last days is going to go all over Latin America. And I've seen some of that fulfill already. I've seen, we've, we've established houses of prayer in Latin America already. But I know there's a greater, greater opportunity coming down the road. Not just Latin America, but every single one of us. You are an individual house of prayer. You are a house of prayer, and there are people that are needing you to burn for him so that they can see the true light of hope for the, for the dark hours that's coming to our nation. Haggai chapter 2. 
Thank you, Jesus. I want to get to the real meat of this after we go through this verse here. This is so important because how do we respond to what's about to take place? Haggai 2, look at verse number 6. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth. Now in the natural, this doesn't seem very positive. I wrote, I, I, I posted a, a scripture this morning. Can you turn to Isaiah 26 and verse 9? I posted Isaiah 26 verse 9 this morning on my Facebook page, and then I titled it, God's ways are not our ways. And I said, Lord, please help your people not become offended with you. What does Isaiah 26 verse 9 say? With my soul I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you early. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the nations, they will learn of your righteousness. Beloved, God is shaking the nation because he wants to see righteousness. God is shaking the nations, not just America. He's shaking the nations. I, don't th I can't think of one worldwide crisis that has affected the entire globe like 2020 did. I can't think of one. I mean, maybe World War I, World War II, but many nations, even during World War I and World War II, were not actively involved. But what happened last year affected every, just about every nation on the entire globe. Haggai says, in a little while, I am going to shake. Once more, I will shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. That means the, that means the islands as well. Every, just about the islands were affected by this as well. Heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land, I will shake all nations. Why? Why is God, I mean, there's several reasons why. But one main reason is because he says, I will shake all the nations that they may come to the desire of all nations. The lack of shaking, oh, everything is great. No problems. God's blessed us. We can just chill out. But when the Lord begins to shake, guess what happens? That little oil that you think that you did not have begins to all of a sudden move again. And then all of a, all of a sudden, a word from your pastor or a word from someone that you respect that, that strikes a match and that little oil that you have begins to burn once again. And then you begin to realize, wait a second, wait a second, how, how come I've been thinking this way? Wait a second, yes, I am backslidden. Yes, my heart is cold. Yes, I am offended. Yes, I have been indifferent. Yes, I haven't been seeking the Lord the way I should be seeking God. Shaking is healthy. Now, George, can you imagine, more than likely you did have an infection as a result of this procedure. Can you imagine if there was no pain? You would never know. If there was no pain, there would no, be no knowledge of the infection. And guess what? That infection would grow. 
and grow and grow and grow and spread and spread and then to the point where all of a sudden it, dis it does manifest but it could be too late they could be amputate this or cut off this or worst case scenario death but the Lord says to you I allowed you to feel the pain so that you may know what was inside of you Are you hearing me tonight, beloved? God is shaking in his mercy. It is tonight somewhere. <laughs> I'm preaching 24-7. <laughs> Are you hearing me? I will shake all nations, and they will come to the desire of all nations. And here's what we love to quote when it comes to this verse. We love to quote this. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord. And the silver is mine. How many of you heard that sometimes? This message used for, as a, as a take up the offering. All oh, the silver is mine. And the gold is mine, says the Lord. Well, that comes in the context of massive shaking. How we love to take scripture out of context and use it to manipulate the people. But the glory coming to the temple, the gold coming to the temple, the silver coming to the temple is in the context of massive shaking and darkness. If I can have Joanne go to the keyboard for a moment. If I can have the worship team come up. How must we respond in this hour, beloved? There's four key ways, four things that we have to avoid. Because if we don't allow this pressure, because every one of us, we're all going through different pressures. My son was, you know, in massive CCU situation that we were like, what if? The battle that we had in our minds, what if he's got to go on an event later? What if this happens? What if this happens? Because how many of you know someone that's dealing with the virus right now? I have a list. Every day, I pray over this list every single day on Facebook Live. Every day. I'll be doing it tonight at 9 o'clock. Right? You're part of that. Every day I've been doing that, and I call out all these names. There's probably 40 people on that list. That somehow I know either they're intercessors, three out of four of those people are in massive critical condition. Three of them are in vents. One of them you know too, Nick Canuso. We need to pray for Nick Canuso. He needs a miracle. Brenda Shepler is on a ventilator. We, she needs a massive miracle. Mark, thank God, is not on a ventilator, but he's recovering slowly but surely. Pastor Mark Myers. Every one of us are being touched by something. If it's not this virus, it's what you're going through. If it's not what something you're going through, it's financial. Or it's something with your children. It's something with some kind of addiction. It's something in your marriage. And beloved, the pressures are all coming together. All these different kinds of pressures. And sometimes it may not be any more pressure than what you're going through, than what you've gone through. Let's say your marriage. Let's say your marriage has has been very challenging, and maybe it hasn't gotten worse. It's still the same. But when you add the pressure, what's going on in the world? When you add the pressure, what's happening with your job? When you add the pressure that you got to get vaccine or you lose your job? When you add all these different pressures, and this is just the foot soldiers. This is just the foot soldiers. When we add all these pressures, something has to give. There comes a point where something has to give, beloved. 
And if we're not careful, we're going to give up the wrong thing. Here's four things, four ways that we don't need to respond. We have to be careful. Let's let this pressure produce that oil. Hey, do you want to know, do you want, before they take the olives into the olive press, do you know what they do? Do you know what they do? They take a large pole and then they go to the olive trees and they beat the tree to shake off the olives. It's not like, oh, let's pick the olives. No, they take a stick and then they beat the limbs to shake the tree. Shake. God is shaking everything that can be shaken. See, we may look at it as, oh, he's shaking me to destroy me. But God says, no, I'm shaking you to get some oil out of you. He beats the tree to get the olives to fall, as if you think that was enough. But then he takes you to the olive press. Because he sees something in you that you don't see about yourself. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, God sees something in you that you don't see about yourself. He sees, brother right here, God sees, what's your name? Chad. Chad, God sees something beautiful inside of you. I see the Lord bringing massive restoration to your life. The brokenness, I don't know who you are, but the brokenness that you've experienced, the shame you've experienced, the past you experienced, I see the Lord doing something beautiful in you. Chad, the Lord says, I've called you. I've chosen you. And Chad, the Spirit of God says, you will see that I will begin to do something inside of you that you thought there's no way possible. Lord, maybe, I don't know if you know who Zacchaeus was in the Bible. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up into the sycamore tree. The Lord he wanted to see. That you are like a Zacchaeus. Not just short in nature primarily, but short in your own thinking about how you think you see yourself. God says, I see you climbing up a tree, and I'm about to visit your tree, says the Spirit of God. And I'm about to do something in your life that you think, you would think that's not possible or that's not me. And the Spirit of God says, Chad, it isn't you. It's me in you. Come on, don't you stand up, Chad, if you can for a moment. Come up here. Come up here. Lift up here. Come up here. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, the Spirit of the Lord is, lift up your hand. Do you receive what I'm saying? I do. Lift up your hand. To, come on, stretch your hands toward Chad. Get around it for a moment. We bless you, Chad. Just lift, lift up your hands. If you, Father, I thank you for this man. I thank you for the touch of God. For the Lord says, I put my word. I put my word in your mouth, says the Lord. I've touched your lips, says the Spirit of God. My anointing is upon you, Chad. My touch is upon you. And you will see that I will create desire in you. That you would think, oh God, where is this coming from? But the Lord says, there's a well inside of you. There's a well inside of you. There's a deep thing inside of you. The Lord says, I'm doing a quick work. I'm going to catapult you. What would take years for others, it will take just weeks and sometimes even months. For the Lord says, I'm opening up your understanding. I'm giving you the spirit of revelation. And I'm going to cause you to see what I see for you, says the spirit of the Lord. Uh, Chad, I just want you to take three deep breaths for the Lord. Just take three deep breaths. That's the Spirit of God coming upon you. Two more. 
Thank you, Lord. Fire the Lord. The freedom of God. The Lord is burning things out of you right now. He's breaking things. One more. I break those. Come on. I break things off of you, sir, in the name of, in the name of Jesus. I just decree that. And the Lord says freedom. Freedom. Freedom that you've never known before. The Spirit of God says even right now, whom the Son sets free is free indeed in Jesus. Then you receive that? Hallelujah. Come on. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Go to Matthew 24, verse 12. Keith, could you go to Luke 21, verse 26, just to read this real quick. I'll tell you what, Enrique, you, heard, you first read Matthew 24, verse 10. Then, Keith, you could read Luke 21, 26. This feels like old times when you used to read for me, Keith. <laughs> Here's four, three or four things that we've got to avoid when we don't understand God's shakings. And then I'm going to give you three, just real, I'll just go over them real quick. Three things we can do to go through the shakings. Go ahead. Matthew 24, 10. Matthew 24, 10. Look what it says. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and hate one another. Many will be offended. We've got to protect our hearts from being offended in this hour. Beloved, it's easy to get offended at God. I remember when my son Landon, my youngest one, he was in Kansas City. I'll never forget this. This to me was the most, probably the most trying thing for my faith that I've ever been through. I'm, I'm not even sure some of you guys know this. You might know. I know you know what happened, but I, I got a phone call from the counselor in Kansas City where my son, I can say this because my son has shared his testimony. He goes, did you know that your son was molested? I go, what? I go, my son? He goes, yes. We, we just went through massive deliverance. He's here weeping. I go, no, it's not possible. My son was never molested. And so my son did not want him to call me because he thought I would be ashamed. And I remember when I got off that phone call, I had a massive powwow with God. Now, you don't understand the powwow that I had. I looked up and I said, how could you allow this to happen to my son? I poured my life as a youth pastor for nine years. I gave my life for young people. And how could this happen to my children? I ministered to kids so that wouldn't happen to them. I remember the struggle, the, the anger that I felt. I felt offended at God. You know what? In His goodness, God just... The last thing you want to hear from God is, how dare you speak that way to me? That's the last thing you want to hear God all of a sudden just reprimand you. And He knew. He knew the, he knew the purity of my heart that I was just... I could not believe. And after I, after I shared everything, that my emotions, my anger with Him, and that lasted for a couple of days. It wasn't just a one-hour thing. It was a couple of days. Finally, God said, Carlos, I love Landon. And he gave me some understanding, and, and, I, and I, I still don't understand it or why those things happen. But I will tell you, my son's heart is one of the most tender hearts I have ever met in my life. And, and, and somehow, it's not that God did that, but somehow God will use that wicked thing that the enemy meant to destroy him. That the enemy meant to just, just rip off his destiny and his manhood. 
God can take that thing around and use them as a powerful weapon of tenderness. Of all my kids, he weeps and he mourns of, at injustice. When he sees people hurting, he just weeps and he mourns. And I know that God, for whatever reason, allowed him to go through that. So I know what it is to be tempted to be offended at God. Or what I went through, George, for those years and couldn't understand why God would take our church and shake the church that he shook. Many of you were part of that ministry. How he took the church and he shook the church. And, and I was so zealous to share the revelations of, of my encounter, what God was doing. And all of a sudden, yeah, that revelation came at a cost. And I could not understand. I could not marry the two. You guys know I would spill my beans sometimes to you as well. I go, I just ought to quit and just leave this place. Mike Bickle offered me a job five times. Let me just go work for Mike Bickle. But it'll be a lot easier. It's easy to be offended, beloved. That's one of the great dangers of the last days is offense. Number two, Luke chapter 21, verse 26. Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. The powers of the heavens will be shaken. If we're not careful, we'll be offended. If we're not careful, our hearts will fare, fail from fear. Beloved, protect your heart from fear. Guard your heart from fear. Because it's coming. The shaking is coming. The shaking has only just begun, beloved. But I'm telling you something. You're going to arise and you're going to shine because your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen among you. If you respond, if I respond correctly, we're going to arise, we're going to shine, and the light is going to come. Number three, watch this. This will be the last one. Number three, Matthew 26, verse 31. Go to Matthew 26, verse 31. Then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. The temptation is when someone you love is going through the sorrow and the pain that you take on that stumbling block for yourself and that you yourself will scatter. But the Lord says, you will not scatter. The Lord says to this house, you will not scatter. Because you will not stumble. You will not stumble. Now, I believe three things that will help us to get through it. I'm just going to go to you real quick. Number one, remember this. Jesus is praying for you. Jesus said to Peter, Peter, when you are converted again, I'm praying for you, Peter. Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But I've been praying for you that your faith fail not. And when you return, strengthen your brethren. I want you to know what, no matter what you go through, Jesus is praying for you. He's been praying for you, George, and you know that. But he's praying for each and every one of you. Number two, Romans 8, 26, the Holy Spirit's praying for you. Holy Spirit is praying for you. When we don't know what to say as we ought, the Spirit of God maketh intercession with us, sometimes with groanings that cannot be uttered. 
Jesus is praying for you, beloved. Holy Ghost is praying for you. And then number three, which you read earlier, Acts chapter 12, verse 1 through 5. The church must pray for one another. Beloved, if we will believe those three things, if we just realize that no matter the, whatever the pain you're going through, no matter the shaking that you're going through, Jesus is praying for you. Number two, the Holy Ghost is praying for you. And then number three, the body of Christ will pray for you. You will get through the shaking. You will not be offended. You will not be fearful. And you will not take a stumbling block upon yourself. Why don't you stand to your feet if you will right now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you. Lift up your hands, if you will, for a moment. Father, we know that there's people here today that are going through it. The Lord wants to minister to you today. The Lord is going to strengthen you today. Some of you just need that strength. And you know what? I needed strength a few days ago when my son was going, what he was going through. George confessed earlier that he needed strength. Because he, 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 what he went through. There's some of you that are going through it right now. Right now. And the enemy, the enemy has desired to sift you as wheat. And he's using fear or offense or a stumbling block to cause your heart to get cold towards the Lord. But the Lord says this very day, I'm going to put a strength inside of you. I know what the enemy has tried to do. I know that he's trying to sift you. But the Lord says, I'm not going to allow him to have his way because my servants have been praying for you. I've been praying for you, says the Lord, and so has, been my, so has my spirit. Lift up your hand if you can. If you want to come out of your seat right now to receive prayer, if you need the strength of the Lord, whatever it is you're going through, you just come down right now. Just begin to come down and receive the strength of God in Jesus' name. That's right. Just come on down. Come on down. Let the Lord strengthen you just come out of your seat that's right just come out of your seat it may be your business it may be your finances it may be your your concern about this virus situation it may be what's happening in the nation it may be a, a family situation thank you come on come on down come on down yes Lord Come on, come on. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. Tell the Lord you won't be afraid.
Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. That's right. Just begin to, you know what? I want you to get in front of them and minister prophetically to them. They need to hear from God. I want you to release the prophetic over them right now. Come here, Peggy. Come here, Peggy. Thank you, Lord God. Just release the prophetic over them right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right there. Right there. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, that's right. Release the prophetic over them. That's right. Thank you, Lord. Supernatural. 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 flame. I want to blow on that flame. I want to blow on that flame. 
And the Lord says, I'm going to cause that flame to become a burning inferno. I'm going to lift up your hands if you're saying, yes, Lord, I want you to blow up the flame. Thank you, Jesus. God, thank you. I'm going to blow. I'm going to blow upon your flame, says the Spirit of God. I'm going to blow. I'm going to blow. And I'm going to cause things to burn in you like they've never burned before, even in this hour. Thank you, Jesus. Now, you just say, Lord, here I am. Burn in me. Burn in me. Father, I thank you. Come on, lift up your hands real high to the Lord. The Lord says, you are not, you are not, you're not overlooked. You're not overlooked. I want some of the leaders to, uh, George, can we get some of your leaders to go around? Can I get some of my intercessors? Guess, go around. If you're an intercessor, go to the people. And if you're saying, yes, I want someone to pray with me, let us come into agreement with you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. I thank you. The Lord says you're not overlooked. I haven't passed you by. Thank you, Lord. Do that. I'm going to cause that flickering flame to burn inside of you. In the name of Jesus, I thank you. Mighty man of war. Mighty man of war. A mighty warrior of the Lord. You're, you're armed and dangerous in the sight of the enemy. The enemy knows you've been armed. And the enemy knows that you're dangerous. Thank you, O Lord. I thank you. I thank you for releasing the warrior spirit, the warrior anointing in this man's life. I thank you. Release that afresh. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. I thank you for this beautiful. You guys all together? Can you guys hold hands, all three of you? Thank you, Lord. I thank you for this household. We bless this family. I thank you this is a new hour. A new hour, oh God. A new hour. I thank you that you're going to introduce them to things that they never knew existed. Jeremiah, listen, this is a verse for your family. Jeremiah 33, 3. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call upon me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knew, knowest not. The Lord says, I'm going to show you things that you did not know existed and were, 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 were to be available to you. The Lord says, I'm going to make them available to you. And the Lord says, I will give you the grace to walk through them in Jesus' name. I thank you for this young man. Thank you for the touch of God in this young man. I thank you for the call of God upon this young man. I thank you, Lord God, for a, a, a heart, que, un corazón que quema. Un corazón que arde para la gloria de Dios. Señor, gracias porque tú lo estás levantando en esta hora. Levántelo, Señor, como un mensajero, un precursor que va adelante para advertir a los demás. Te lo pedimos ahora mismo, Señor, que lo guarde, que lo cuide, Señor. Que la unción del Espíritu de Dios caiga sobre él en el nombre de Jesús. Gracias, Señor, por la, la unción de purificación, la unción de santidad, la unción sobre tu vida, Señor. In the name of Jesus, I pray that blessing over you. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Okay? Jeremías 33, versículo 3 para ustedes. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands. Keep praying. Come on. Let's get some of you other people. Just begin to pray for other people in the congregation. Father, I thank you, Lord God. Blessings in the name of Jesus. Praise, O oh Lord. Fling wide. Fling wide the door to my soul. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit. 
believe it. We're, we're going to pray for Pastor George here in a moment, all of us. Thank you, Jesus. Can we get George's leaders around him as well now? And elders, I'm going to have some of the intercessors that I brought with me too as well. I already gave you the word, but the Lord, that is powerful, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. I am telling you, Pastor George, your recovery is around the corner. I receive it. I need it. Your healing is around the corner in the name of Jesus. Come on, elders, leaders. Thank you, Jesus. Let's get, let's get if I can get Arlene here and Peggy as well. And, and Sylvia, can you guys come down? I want to pray for Pastor George. Where's Peggy at? Thank you, Lord. Let's get Robin as well. Yeah, if we can get some oil. I left my oil. Uh, man, I feel the presence of, how many of you feel the presence of God in, in here tonight? I'm telling you, you mark my words. What the Lord spoke to you, what he's going to do. This is a day of demarcation for you. What's your name? Isaiah. Isaiah, today the Lord has drawn a line. Today the Lord has drawn a line for you. And the Lord says, you stepped over that line. And the Lord says, I see that you stepped, you stepped across that line and I set you apart. Isaiah, the Lord has set you apart in a great, you, you've already been set apart. But today, in your spirit, you crossed another line for God. And the Lord says, you're going to see what I'm going to do through you. Remember what I said, the word I, I prophesied to you. That's for you specifically. And how those, your hands are going to be used with it. You mark my words in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just bless. We bless. We come into agreement. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the touch of God. Thank you that the strength of God flows supernaturally through this, through this man of God. There's strength that you have not encountered before. There's strength that you have not known before that is flowing through your body and flowing through your soul. More, more importantly, the Lord says, more importantly than your body is the, your soul. Your soul and your spirit, man. Lord, I lay hands on my brother in obedience to your word because he asked me to do this. And your word says to call for the elders of the church. If any one of you is ill, sick in body, call for the elders of the church. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.